Welcome to Lunch with Tech Leaders, where we have engaging conversations about software development and cloud engineering with industry leaders and subject matter experts. These episodes are created by the Great Lakes Tech Leaders, an online community of technology practitioners. Please come join the conversation by visiting gltl.rbn.ai. Again, that's gltl.rbn.ai. Now strap in, because we're deploying to production in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Lunch with Tech Leaders. My name is Derek DeYoungi and I'm your host for today. Joining me is software and data consultant Tom Kowalski. Tom, say hello for us. Hello. And it's my honor to introduce our co-host, subject matter expert, Rick McGarry. Thanks for joining us, Rick. In this episode, we're going to discuss uh, influencing our teams to stay on top of the latest in technology. You know, uh, technology is always evolving. Uh, We've got new trends, new tools, and team members that we, you know, have to allow and and, uh, influence to keep, keep, uh, keep things up to date here. So... Let's go around and see how how we're how we're doing that today. Personally, I mean, I like uh, podcasts uh, and uh, conferences, things like that, to kind of keep myself uh, in tune with what's going on. Do you guys have anything for you know, you know kind of just like your personal uh, how you keep keep up to date personally? Yeah, you know, I really like conferences myself. Uh, I feel like they stimulate like a lot of my desire to learn things and give me a lot of exposure to new concepts. For me, uh, <clears throat> lately I've been, I've been liking like, watching like streams, right? Either on like Twitch or something of, of other people. And you can see what tools they're using. Um, that's yeah. Something I haven't done in the past, but yeah, I've, I've been enjoying that. Cause yeah, you get to see, uh, yeah. Other people's workflows and yeah, the, the tools that, and technologies that they're using. So. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good way to do that too. I, for my teams, I, I like them participating in cross-functional projects too, because it gets them exposure to, you know, different ways of doing things and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, paired programming, it definitely helps with that. Great. Yeah, I think it's important to, um, you know, prioritize staying current. Uh, so, like giving that impression to your team that this is important to not only you but the the organization that you're with, you know, definitely helps influence uh, team members to, you know, uh, keep an eye on things. You know, backing them when when looking for when somebody says, "Hey, you know, there's this conference. This is what I'm going to learn from it." I think is uh, and trying to get them funding uh, so that they can get that exposure is also uh, you know pretty important. Yeah, it's it's good to have people talk about what they learn too, and they get back. Not everybody can attend. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. How often do you guys uh, do training sessions, or uh, like have your team, um, you know, either do like online courses or like have another team member, you know, put together some sort of curriculum to uh, learn some new technology. Not often enough, it sounds like, right? Yeah, not often. Not often enough. Yeah, I was wondering, yeah, what, uh, what Rick had to say about it. Yeah, for us, it's it's nothing's scheduled, right, or, like, uh, enforced learning, but definitely enable our 
teams to uh, continue learning, right? There's there's budgets and you know payouts for certificates and things like that. But yeah, definite budgets for for conferences and different training programs, apps, subscriptions. So yeah, I, I do work with my employees individually to try to come up with some kind of professional development plan for them, and a lot of the times that does incorporate. <laughs> You know, Azure, different cloud certs, you know, for the for the newer folks and, you know, beyond that, kind of tailored to how people learn, you know, I have some people that are really self-driven and can just go buy a bunch of books on, you know, database theory and structures and go learn it. And, uh, you know, so there's like kind of balancing that personal professional development also, you know, taking into account the organization's needs and the direction you know, we're going with technology and trying to you know, lay the, lay the plan, uh, to get that knowledge as well. Cool. What about, um, you know, the ever changing landscape of tools, you know, I feel like, you know, you work a project, uh, you've got, you're, you've got your tool set and sometimes teams will get stuck in their ways and you can keep using that hammer, right? How do we, how, do, how are we influencing uh, people to take a look at, like new tool, I guess that's that's what we're looking. At. I guess that's exactly what we were just talking about, right? Getting uh, getting exposure through uh, conferences and so on. Yeah, um, I think it depends on you know how how your organization is you know structured and the the culture, right? It makes a big difference if your teams are you know more autonomous, right, and they are. You know, enabled to make those decisions themselves on what you know technologies they want to learn that will help them in, uh, in their day to day and where the business is going, where that product or application, right, where they want to take it, uh, versus you know maybe more of a top down. So I, I feel like it, yeah, kind of depends on where what your uh, company culture is on how uh, on how you go about that. It's kind of like a like when right right time and place, right? Um, yeah. You know, going in like if you if you add it to a team and you know um, they've been using a certain paradigm for the entire time they've been you know operating and come in and it's like oh well let's use this whole new tool. I mean, it might not be the right time and place. So making the call on when that is is kind of a interesting yeah. juncture, I suppose. It's a good thing to keep an eye out for because that's, you know, the right time and place might be an opening for you to encourage some change. You know, there's at least for me, there's a lot of resistance in a lot of different directions. Uh, you know, you've got team structures. You know, I work at a large company. We have a lot of different products that are, you know, somewhat autonomous themselves. And you've got like the legal compliance review process. And it's just, you know, it's like you got to pick your battle sometime. Um, something that I've liked too is taking advantage of new hires. You know, there's this this onboarding process where they're green and they need exposure, and and that has been a, a good time to kind of put them on a project that maybe you couldn't justify at another time as part of their learning experience and onboarding. And and to add to <clears throat> the getting stuck in your ways, I kind of tend to. You know, when we bring in someone new to kind of hide some of the 
skeletons in the closet, right? Some of the older things that we have, so they don't get accustomed to. That's the way that, you know, we do things around here and they feel like they need to continue perpetuate maybe some bad practices. So, um, yeah, keeping them on more of the, the greener, uh, projects where, yeah, they can learn the better practices and the, the tools and where we want to go forward. That and also bring their experience to the table, right? Like, yeah, um, you know, new hires aren't always green. Some of them have a lot of really good experience and a lot of knowledge and that may be with a different tool set or, you know, pattern in, in their development um, that could be really beneficial to the team. Yeah, yeah. totally. What about mentorship? Um, you guys doing any mentor programs? A little um, bit. Yeah. If you want to speak to it. not my current role, we don't really, not internally. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's, I feel like that's one that we, everybody tries to do, but it's hard to keep up on. Um, I, I really never nailed that and like why that is down, right? And it's something that like, I think is extremely beneficial, but kind of once people kind of get into the role, uh, it kind of just falls by the wayside. I've, I've done some like strategic uh, paired programming setups with folks to kind of get them a little bit of a mentorship, but you know, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. You know, there's you have to find compatible people and skill sets, and right. you know, there's there's all these tools to kind of help, but I haven't found those to be very useful if you just pair people up with random people. You know. I think that's an interesting idea, right? Like uh, strategically, like, okay, well, this person needs to learn this. Or, uh, here's here's an expert on that. Let's put them together for a couple weeks or something like that. So they can kind of like figure things out. Yeah, I completely agree. And you, you always got to be on the lookout for it too, right? Like what projects are coming up, what makes sense. Yeah, I do a lot cross-functionally too. So it's good to chat with other leaders about that and kind of, you know, work on them. Uh, work with them to kind of come up with a pairing. Cool. How, how about uh, like identifying and like evaluating uh, new technology or trends? So do you guys have any type of like pilot projects or like proof of concept or like a, a way to like uh, do a proof of concept and kind of like fail fast with a uh, new technology or are we kind of just uh, seeing if it works within a project I guess you kind of have to do a proof of concept. With yeah, usually we like to do. You're doing. We're doing something new. It's usually not something customer facing, right? That has deadlines and uh, you know other teams are depending on it. It's usually some, maybe something internal. We'll start with uh, you know and testing it out. And some of the the teams that are a little more advanced and you know do work on the internal team things. They kind of start with those, right? Those proof of concepts, uh, and then yeah, kind of go from there. It's a it's a hard it's a hard thing I think as your your company gets bigger, obviously proof of concept, but then you have to you know sometimes deal with tech review boards and you know business case and all all that and it you know there's a lot of energy you have to put into something just to right. I like justify you, it. Like you mentioned, legal review of the EULA probably interesting to go through, huh? But you know, you know that being said it's no problem for you to spin something up on your own and evaluate it, you know, before you have to invest that much energy and time into it. Yeah, that's a good point. So being, being really receptive to, you know, your, your organization's pain points is, is a good starting point. I, I think to. 
Yeah, kind of finding like, you know, not just looking for new technology for the case of new technology, but like identifying um, applicable use cases. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. it's, a, it's always a, a balance too, right? With, you know, working with uh, product managers or owners or whatever you want to call them and um, kind of that are working the schedules and, you know, introducing new technologies, right? Where you might not know the... Um, all the unknowns there might be some unknown unknowns right and so it is yeah it is a balance right of how much you want to introduce how much change you want to introduce when uh whenever working on something new too we're not always in decision making positions either so influencing by you know showing off something new and you know making that decision easy for them with documentation and or support or whatever really goes a long way yeah that's that's the the biggest thing, right? It, again, it depends on the the company culture, but having that transparency, you know, ac- across the teams of hey, this is what we did, and you know, we, we were able to move fast and deliver value, or you know, make it much more secure, cost effective, right? Being able to uh, to demonstrate that, and um, it, it kind of puts like a little bit of you know pressure on you know the other teams to kind of be like you know when they see that and it's now they're being compared right it make you know kind of motivates them to hey you know yeah i want to adopt that you know i want you know our application or whatever to be faster cheaper um yeah transparency really helps oh yeah absolutely knowledge sharing um across teams across individuals we uh, when i was with right brain we um you know Took some time every Friday just to, you know, discuss what we had done that week, um, kind of share, you know, aspects of what, what's been going on. Uh, I thought that was really good for the team. And it, and it doesn't have to be synchronous either, right? With your messaging platform, whatever you have, it's, you know, hey, this is what we have, or your internal wiki, you know, making sure it's it's propped up there for, for others to see or whatever and what you're working on. And that helps too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now knowledge sharing is a whole subject on its own. Fridays are great for that, though. You know, I've done a number of, you know, demo kind of show off, show off your stuff, what you learned Friday type things. Those have been really good. And even incorporating elements where you're letting people share what they're personally working on is is usually pretty motivating too. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, because we, you know, a lot of us work on things on our own time and. Sometimes those projects are really small and using bleeding edge stuff, and it's it's fun to talk about. Yeah, absolutely, and kind of just gets the the gears turning for everybody else, or you know, puts like you said, some motivation into folks. It's inspiration, probably a better term. Yeah, I think yeah. it helps build a you know community too, and you know, helps people bond, and there's, there's a lot of good there. You know, we all mentioned. Uh, uh, conferences. Have you guys ever gone to one of those like pre pre conference hackathon or like learning learning days or anything like that? Yeah, I would. Um, I've done the the pre you know before reinvent. They do like a big hackathon um, like the night before, and I've I've done that for a few years. Hmm. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you find? Did you? You said it was a hackathon. Was it? Uh, we're learning new stuff, or usually they partner with um, with a some type of charity or nonprofit, and uh, you know you split off into teams, and it, it, they have different 
there's different variations of them. Usually not everybody's working on the same thing, but it's, you know, working with different charities or, you know, different problems that they have. But yeah, that that's also a lot of fun too, right? Because you're working with people that aren't in your organization and and how uh, and how they do things and um, yeah, what they use. And so yeah, it's uh, I really liked it. Great learning. Yeah, I've never done one personally, but I was you know wondering how much value is there. I feel like there's always something to be learned. Obviously, it's interesting that you uh, you said the community, Rick. You said building the community because that. That's uh, the most important aspect I learned uh, when doing these hackathons. Just a pro tip is you want to have like your icebreakers first and you want to have everyone, you know, comfortable with each other working together. Uh, it's a, a big, a big proponent of that and makes things a, a lot better. Yeah, I think that's increasingly important too, as many of us continue to work remotely, you know, building yeah. and fostering those relationships are really really important to the overall success of whatever we're doing. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I've definitely learned quite a bit from, you know, friends uh, as far as like, you know, what they're you, checking in, see what they're working on, kind of give some inspiration. Yeah, that's a good idea. You have to be a lot more intentional about it, I think, not being in the office. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, true. I feel like we definitely get kind of like lost in our own uh, home offices, you know? Mm-hmm. You guys get any newsletters about this topic at all? I get one called Software Lead Weekly that uh, I find is pretty, usually got a couple good tidbits in there. It starts off with like, you know, something to make you laugh. And then there's like, you know, three to five articles. So definitely some uh, recommendation for me on that one. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I don't, I don't get any personally. I keep getting targeted ads for them though. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Uh, I've been, I've been, I think, uh, man, I don't know how long I've been getting this. Uh, let's see. Wow. A long time. <laughs> but yeah, you, so you like it? You're yeah, really, I, I, I've really definitely, like uh, I've been subscribed to this since 2017. So. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll check that one. out. I like the recommendations of newsletters, right? There can be a lot of, a lot of junk out there. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah check that out. Uh, softwareleadweekly.com, I think, is where you go to sign up for that. How do you guys uh, address feedback from, like, the team on, um, you know, say say we um, something didn't work out? I guess it depends on um, kind of what the, what the issue is, right? Like, do we re- replace some sort of technology if it's just, like, straight not working out? Or do we make a plan to replace or address or evaluate i guess it really depends on what type of situation we're looking at here right yeah and the culture right is that is the team empowered to to make those decisions right and operating autonomously or is it yeah is there is there a lot more constraints influence you know approvals change boards things that things of that nature that you know have to happen yeah firstly i think just capturing those you know, that feedback and doing that, that learning review or retrospectives, you know, the first thing to do. And like you're saying, it may not be something you can do anything with at the time, but may come up later. And it's, it's good to capture that when it's fresh in your mind. Good point. Yeah. And I guess it depends, right, on, on what, what the issue is and what's, what's going on. But capturing it right then, but maybe not necessarily 
changing, you know, controls and processes uh, every every time something uh, breaks or whatever. Because yeah, it can be really easy to uh, to just you know implement a lot more constraints and, and controls uh, each time something happens that uh, may actually have more detrimental effects. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of constant evaluation we have to do as leaders, you know, I think's worth the time, the risk, what's our priority, what's our long-term goals, you know, I'm trying to figure out a sane way to navigate that. Good points, good points. All right, coming up on uh, time here, do you guys have any other uh, thoughts on the topic before we close out? You know, I really liked what you said, actually, like, strive to stay current you know i think that's the big thing is is if you can get close enough to current that makes your life easier you know otherwise you're just dealing with you know it just gets harder and there's more toil involved and more garbage to go through to to modernize and and it's it's worth the time investment to stay current or stay close to current before you get into that territory where you might just have to rip and replace something and deal with a ton of pain because you can't there's not a good pathway forward. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, uh, I, I see what you mean. Like the when you got aging technology, the longer it goes, uh, it'll, it might be harder to replace or or kind of upgrade. Yeah. Right. It's it's your whole stack. You know, some things are fun to work on. Some things aren't. You just gotta. You know, you gotta make sure you don't get numb to to things that are problems and forget about them shoot i mean you could say this even like even if you're not switching out the technology and just upgrading versions right yeah you know that's a it's not something the company usually wants to make the investment in because it's kind of you know just dealing with tech debt but um it's, it's really important because when you're trying to go you know, six different major versions up on Postgres or something, you know, you've got things to deal with, you know, you've got to change the code, so on and so forth. So. Yeah, especially stuff like that where they've been in production potentially for, you know, years or a decade or something, and you've just had this, you know, boiling, we're, you know, we're the frog boiling here, but like the, the toil and the management required to maintain that just kind of, it slowly has been creeping up since then, and now it's just this tolerable thing that, Everyone just accepts, but maybe there's maybe there's something better out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of variables. Yeah, uh, at play when when making those decisions, right? There's there's the obvious security, compliance, things like that. But then when it comes down to, is this you know hindering our velocity, right? Is it is that worth that investment to? You know, upfront some time to you know make it so we can move faster in the future, and uh, there's yeah risk and everything associated with that. So yeah, it's uh it's not not easy. Truth. All right. Well, I want to take this opportunity to thank our listeners uh, for tuning into today's episode of Lunch with Tech Leaders. I hope you found the conversation informative and valuable. Join us for the next episode where we discuss unlocking the secrets of agile programming. And as always, the episode will feature. Expert guests and interactive conversations, so be sure to tune in. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.